Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, actor, comedian, and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. Well, it's 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 been such the week, Johnny Million. I don't have to tell you that uh, um, seeing a, a, a defeated uh, and and the word that comes to mind the most, a uh, lumpy Donald Trump walking out of a courtroom over the last couple of days, kind of dragging his shoulders. Kind of, it, it was reminiscent of that shot of on a you know I think it was election night or maybe the following Saturday where his tie was open or his last rallies right before where he's walking off of Air Force Two off the <laughs> remember that like he's just like doing I the don't. I just that's I'm not going to be wish, president anymore. I shuffle. wish nothing for him but the the life he deserves. But the door, um, yeah. Well, um, watching what was happening in the New York courtroom and especially the fact that his his uh, expert witness, who he calls an expert and very respected. I don't know him, but he's a very respected guy. This is what Trump said repeatedly, which is his always his way out. If you'll recall, that's his way out. He says that about anybody he hires for any important job. Did you know that every document that I sign says, by the way, anything in this document that I am purporting yeah. to say is true is probably a lie? Yeah. I, mine says the same thing, only it's signed Epstein's mother. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Remember know, when which has the Pope? Um, <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Well, his mom does. Holy Anyways. moly. Lisa Mia Moore and Hal Vickery are like are, – they're making all of our super chats look bad. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for the support. Thank you for um, being here and uh, and happy holidays to everybody. Yeah. I would say I'm at um, I am broadcasting for what it's worth from uh, Disneyland because of a, a family trip for uh, yeah a, a birthday. And that's, you know, and see, when you have a birthday in the family that's so close to Christmas, you got to go the extra mile every so often so that they don't feel yeah. left out. You yeah, know? I've heard and that Jesus was always really concerned about what he was going to get for his birthday versus Christmas. Yep, but uh, it was always the same the same thing, same gift every year, immortality. <laughs> and he never liked it. Never liked it. Like, whatever. <laughs> the weird thing is just that you can wrap it a different bunch of ways, but it always looks like a tennis racket. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the great... I guess the visual this week of just Trump increasingly angry and petulant and pushy and that footage of him sitting in there that he's just, he's just so mad. Now here's he's the got thing, Johnny. Mean mug, mug shot face. Guy. I, I have a question for you, Johnny Million. Let's just hmm. say you were running for some sort of high office that gave you an inordinate amount of power over not just the people in your country, but over the entire globe. Okay. Hang on. Hang and, on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right there you go. And and uh and you knew like you were going to win your primary and the polls according to you tell you that you're just going to run away with it. You're killing it. You're it's just up and up and up and the more they persecute you, the better you you After do. Days. Yeah, the you and you you believe you'll be able to pardon yourself and run from jail and everything. Now, let me paint another picture. Not only do your internal polls show you losing and the people around you are such idiotic sycophants that you constantly 
have to remind yourself that these people will tell you anything that you want to hear. And therefore you don't believe anyone around you. Your, yeah. your conception, your conception of women is that you are so hideously ugly that any woman who would sleep with you is clearly only there for the money. I'm painting a broader picture, but you have sure. walk with me. So you have total, uh, um, you're disgusted by every woman in your circumstance, in your entire, anyone you come up on, because if they won't sleep with you, you have to confront you're unattractive. And if they will sleep with you, clearly they are a, um, a, a prostitute in waiting. Mm-hmm. And the only woman that doesn't qualify that is your daughter, because while you're sexually attracted to her, I'm sorry to keep using the, the you pronoun and this is just wrong, but um, yeah. the, the only reason you're okay with her um, yeah. and you don't think these things of her is because she's your daughter. And that's the reason she's not sleeping with you. Not any other reason. If all things being equal, she would. <laughs> And you've said this on a talk show. So like, look, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. And then, so you're in court <laughs> and you have an expert witness that you paid almost a million dollars to. And Very he's testifying. Respect. Yeah. No fraud. That's it. He just came up and said, there's no fraud. There's no fraud at all. And you won the case and you're done Woo! and you're walking out of the court. Wouldn't you be uh, just uh, walking on sunshine? Wouldn't you just be yeah, right? You'd be, yeah, you'd have the Stephanie Miller theme song running in your head all yeah. the time. Um, so my, uh, and I, in, in my absolutely correct opinion, um, I, I'm going to go with the, that he doesn't believe his fake polls and he knows he's in big trouble. Yeah. And, and I think he's hiding more crimes than he thinks they've found. Oh, sure. That 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 is always the thing, because right now, the biggest concern that Donald Trump has is not that they have found stuff. It's that they're going to keep looking. Yeah. And and hence, you know, them, uh, you know, circling the wagons and pulling the Hunter Biden stuff out of the blue. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden this week, I don't know if you heard, but uh, was charged with seven counts of uh, tax evasion mm-hmm. um, in California. Um, it, by by the prosecutor, they said was never going to go after him. And according to them, and he faces up to 17 years in jail, but, the, you know, no one expects him to do any time. And he's already paid the taxes. They just weren't in a time. He's already fashion. paid back taxes. Right. And a lot of it's, you know, uh, but the, uh, the question is, you know, um, the, the right wing thinks this is a strategy by the White House and their own DOJ to keep him from being able to to testify to Congress because of an ongoing investigation. So there are certain things he won't be able to answer because it's part of an ongoing investigation. And he's, he has to plead the fifth because he's got this court case coming up and that. So Joe Biden made David Weiss do this right now so that when Hunter comes in for his public testimony, there are questions that are off limits because he has a case before the California court. Now, um, nothing they're asking him about, would qualify under that because it's lunacy. <laughs> you see, this is like, there is no, first of all, in, in so far as I know, influence peddling, quote unquote, is not a factor in tax law. What you made the money for is almost immaterial. Oh he's yeah. He's not being charged around. He's just being charged, not paying his taxes on time. Yeah, somebody or paid income. you and we get a cut because it's income. Yeah. That's it. They don't care what you were doing for that money. They don't, you know, it, 
even the, I guess the exchange of those details don't matter to the, to the tax man in that regard. So, okay. Um, there's obviously a lot of the stuff about his addictive behavior during that time, not surprising at all. Um, but they do think it's a plot and we'll, we'll see how that carries out. It's very, it's making them very angry that he's finally been charged because their whole, that also, I think that messes with their whole um, weaponization of the DOJ thing. If Hunter is charged as you know, and he's the president's son and he's being treated yeah, worse, really takes worse wind out of that than sale. other people. Yeah, it does. And I think that's also the thing that's making them mad, you know, because here you've got you can't really hold a weaponization of the federal government thing when the president's son is actually being charged in a federal. Yeah. Court and like as far California. as crazies go, you've got Vivek in the in the um, debate, just like pulling up his Q um, index card and reading oh, everything. Yeah. Like he's like, if I say these loud enough, maybe all the Q people will vote for me. Well, he's not wrong, you know, and and ultimately there's an alignment, you know, uh, Trump went on Truth Social on Tronth Sunchal or whatever it's called. And um, the soon to be defunct uh, in over its head. And thank you for the level one hype train on Twitch, by the way. We're we're streaming live at Twitch.tv slash Hal Sparks. That's lovely um, that um Trump went through all the people and, you know, obviously called Nikki Haley bird brain because she's a woman and women are, you know, weak and stupid. That's the idea. Chris Christie, he called fat in a fit of irony. Um, and uh, the, he said uh, Vivek uh, was the I think he said <clears throat> something along the lines of Vivek is the best because he likes me. All caps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is all you need. Well, I, I, I think you point out something very important, which is there is a big crossover between liking Trump and QAnon talking points. If you are at, at all disengaged from QAnon's, you know, the, the QAnon mythology, Trump ain't your guy anymore because I mean, that's that is his entire platform at this point, it's the whole system is rigged. You know, he's magic. So none, none of the wars would have happened if he was in office, even though he was helping queue up everyone involved in all these things over the years that he was in there, including helping the Russians uh, root out uh, Israeli spies in the Middle East who ended up getting killed after Trump's meeting with them in the white house. Um, The, the, the giving of the Golan Heights uh, and, and trying to basically buy the favor of Israel, giving them the Golan Heights and, and calling Jerusalem the capital and moving the embassy there is exactly what triggered uh, the the Hamas leadership to pass along that temporary ceasefire note to Netanyahu and say, hey, let's make friends. And then ultimately what happens? Um, they It's a rope-a-dope and they planned this thing the entire time. Basically getting it looked, looking like more, they got the go-ahead from Vladimir Putin um, as if I mean, we're going to find out at some point <clears throat> that that Lavrov and these idiots from Russia that were in the White House were like, why don't you just move the, the Israeli embassy? Everyone will love you for this, knowing full well that it would trigger, you know, this cascading effect of, of war and violence uh, after the fact. And, and then Trump thinking because it didn't happen immediately that they actually strategize and plan something that it didn't happen at all and would have never happened. That said, after we come back, there's uh, there's too much good news. That's the hard part. That's it's it's very and it's I, I have to I have to tell you some of the economic news from this week because it's hilarious. Oh, yes. 
It's hilarious. We'll be back right after this. Uh, like, subscribe, give a thumbs up, support the show, infotainmentwars.com. We're getting very close to 60K. Come on, you can do it. We can get over that hemp. I know we can do it. We'll be back right after this. Heat. Pa- Welcome back to the House Sparks Radio Program. Mega Worldwide. That's what happens during the breaks, ladies and gentlemen. While uh, while the commercials are playing, Johnny Million is crossing some lines. That's He's right, crossing some lines with a house woman. That's right, yeah, making uh, throwing down football references and <laughs> like it just ice cold, ice yeah. cold. So I I I presume you saw the uh, jobs report yesterday and the ensuing yeah. panic that came with it which I have to say was glorious and hilarious that even going so far as a fellow on Newsmax saying that the reason there's an increase in jobs, wait for it, Johnny Mike, is because mm-hmm. there's so many uh, illegal immigrants that they're working and oh, neat. There are, and people are getting jobs taking care of them. So there's a sub industry like they're oh. hiring a bunch of doctors, nurses, orderlies, what have you, for health care for illegal immigrants and stuff, which hmm. I had no idea that illegal immigration was another version of striking oil. It's a it seems to be a growth industry. So I, profitable. A, yeah, yeah. Right. There's a there's a bunch of uh, maybe we're going to get a bunch of uh, um, businesses that are in the you know illegal immigration and Industry. if they're showing up on the jobs report, like that's a lot of that information comes from like ADP, right? Like payroll companies. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, I work for a payroll company and you've got to have real social security numbers to get paid oh, through a payroll company. Yes, you do. That's right. That's how they. Because uh, I spend a lot of my time going, I got this report back saying the name doesn't match the social. What do I do? And I yep. say, you need to go talk to that employee. Right. But. Uh, be- because if you're lucky, he's here illegally. If you're right. not, he's a serial killer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who's, who's been That's a right. fugitive he took for the, 30 took the years. identity of like a dead toddler from 1982. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the uh, overall, though, 199,000 jobs. I don't bring up dead toddlers nearly enough on this show. No, you don't. That's right. Um, 199,000 jobs added in the month of November, um, a full like 15,000 more than they thought would be added. And they also, for some odd reason, didn't factor in the return of auto workers, I suppose, which seems a bit odd that they would, that you know, that would be one of the things you would, you, you would expect, uh, especially in the time, but I guess technically speaking, that strike could have continued on to the end of the year, but you know, but once Joe Biden stands on the picket line, I guess things wrap up fairly quickly. If he'd have done it on the SAG picket line, it might have wrapped up before August. But that said, 199,000 is nothing to sneeze at. And it is, uh, you know, a sign of resilience in the economy that somehow, some way, um, they just like Wall Street can't shake. They're doing, you know, they are at the. The soft remember, let's just go back. Let's take a, a step in the Wayback Machine for a moment and mm. remember all the talk about not only is a recession coming, that's basically a Great Depression, but uh, it's going to happen as soon as Biden gets in office immediately, according to Donald Trump, like within days. He was mm. even say as soon as he gets in office, you're going to have a major crash of the economy. OK, so you got. Yeah. Um, so far, no good. And and then the what was the other one? Um Oh, that we were already in a recession. 
because by all measures, we're in a recession. And then we're not in a recession, but only because the Fed is flooding money into the system, which they're not doing because they've been raising interest rates, which is the exact opposite of flooding money into the system. And so where does that bring us? What is the the, uh, oh of to fooey, I think, is essentially um, the the situation Republicans find themselves in. Um, And it doesn't look like the job. We're three point seven percent unemployment, which. According to that fellow from Newsmax, if my math is correct, and they're counting uh, illegal immigrants in in job employment, that means they're also ca- counting them in unemployment, I guess, which means that half of the unemployed in this country don't even have the right to have a job in the first place. So that means what American unemployment is one point five percent, like some insane number by their measure, of course. Um, meanwhile, the, uh, the the folks over at, at Bloomberg and Market Watch and all those wonderful people who usually follow the stock market and seem to think they you know have been writing a lot of uh, um, articles lately about uh, market timing not going the way it's supposed to be going because these idiots won't solve for X and X being COVID in their mathematical equations about where how businesses are doing, what kind of profits they're going to make, what kind of people they're hiring, how many mm-hmm. employees they have access to, what it looks like when you give people a decent wage because you have to, and that money gets spent. And this and this old concept, and it's, the, you know, I talked about this yesterday on the live stream, but I, I, I have a feeling that our ideas about inflation, except in a couple of areas, are, are antiquated because – the fear used to be that if you had a worker that made five bucks a day and everything they needed, their fuel, their house, their um, the, the food they ate and the clothing they wore, the things, their necessities, let's say cost a buck a piece a day. And they have one dollar left over. Everybody else, every, the, the, the food man, the, the, the apartment, the, the landlord, the the clothing salesman and the fuel guy were all looking for the biggest slice of that extra dollar they could possibly get without driving, you know, and, and personally that person didn't have that person we're talking about didn't really have an op an option. They had to have these things and they didn't have multiple sources for these things for a good long while. And so when you tracked inflation, it was really about like how much you could tick up. Everybody could do this before you push the wages up to $6 before people's, you know, who employ people so that they could meet their needs had to give them an extra dollar or they would quit or move. They would leave the country yeah. or they would just, what have you, um, welfare, notwithstanding, you know, and that becoming a thing strictly as a government backstop to that exact kind of singular, um, single sourced, um, needs as it were in the marketplace, Back then. Now, there are so many places to spend your money and so much money, so much stuff to send it, spend it on that if the one company that you like your crackers from drives up the price of their crackers, you'll buy somebody else's crackers. And there's um, there are so many choices. It's borderline absurd. It's not even in the realm of that. And one person, one business, one single entity could simply shave a nickel off of their profits, undercut everyone else and sell more crackers than anybody else it, that you know it, in the non you know let's assuming you don't live on crackers it's the only thing you can All eat I like hear is that's a good cracker that's a good cracker is that a ritz is that a ritz so <laughs> thank right? you Al. 
There you go. Uh, I know. I got you. So point being is that so point being is is that um, I at, I posted some pictures at Disneyland, but uh, you know if if you follow Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, we're in the we're in uh, the irony of calling him a troop because bones burst. Anyways, Donald, yeah. follow Donald Trump. The uh, what he's been saying lately. We are in hell, on the brink of hell, in, on in the going down the tubes, and the tubes lead to hell, and we're going down the tubes. And I, I got to say, I think the tubes lead to Disneyland because this place is packed. It was ridiculous. Like, and again, Disneyland is expensive. Anybody who's been here knows that this is a, you know, this is a save up and do it kind of a destination. Now, local Californians can get, you know, passes and bring their families and that kind of stuff, you know, on, you know, a little bit cheaper so they can come a couple of years. So they're, they're the filler. They're the, they're the, uh, um, uh, they're the cantaloupe in this fruit salad. They're, you know, they're the mayor. They make it look fuller than it actually is, but not by a ton. And man, it was like jammed and people sitting there watching the, the Christmas parade and the fireworks and the light shows just like gathering around the, the lakes in there and the amount of shopping that now goes on inside of Disneyland, like people walking around with bags of stuff and everything there is like airport prices for the yeah. stuff that they sell there. Um, I've uh, I've been to Disneyland when uh, on a low day and I've been to Disneyland on a, you know, back when I had a, a an annual pass pre covid. Um, and there, I've seen it a little sparsed out at times. It ain't now like right now it is ridiculous. Even downtown Disney, the little shopping district that's outside of Disney that mm-hmm. you don't have to buy a ticket to is it. it it was overwhelming. Friday, Saturday That's night. Fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, like Friday, Saturday night at, at Downtown Disney is is jammed. And again, look at every football game. For all the jokes you were making with my girlfriend about her terrible um, quarterback. Um, oh God. Um, did I say that out loud? She didn't hear me. I don't think she heard me. Anyways, um, yeah, sh- 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 um, you know, for all the talk about that game, the stands are packed right now. And again, are things more expensive than they were? Yes. Are they always more expensive than they were? Does does coffee still cost a nickel like it did in the 40s? No. But by comparison to wages, because there was wage growth as well that matched up to this, it, it, people are, are at least deciding to treat themselves to stuff on the regular right now. Because even the UNLV game we went to, the, the college game was packed. It's crazy right now and maybe it's experience versus stuff but black friday doesn't paint that point out and when we come back i want to tell you how the stock market people are reacting to it it's the house marks radio program mega worldwide because they're they're having a real hard time they're very confused and then we'll of course talk about the debate a little bit and donald trump's debating with himself You're locked into the Hal Sparks radio program. Mega Worldwide. Um, I, I, I'd like to point out that um, the biggest criticism that Trump had at the uh, of the debate was of Megyn Kelly saying officially, what happened to her? This is, you'll 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 recall that Megyn Kelly left Fox News because she was literally 
um, sexually harassed out mm-hmm. the door by a man that Donald Trump considered a good friend, Roger Ailes, who passed away. And she, you know, came out about it and and got broomed. I, I don't know if she I don't remember if she ever got a, you know, uh, sorry, our, your boss is a, a jerk package when she left. But ultimately, um, <clears throat> he would Trump would lash out her uh, basically as essentially saying she was on her period when she was um, running the debate that he was in with her because she was daring to ask him tough questions. And that's yeah. that's the only reason women that's would ever feel like they have the right or the nerve so to be able to say critical thinking. Are you on right. period? That's yeah, it's, it's a classic Trump in that regard. Yeah. Um, and, uh, not, you know, not surprising. And, and the, the debate itself was, a, was functionally a waste of time. The irony that, that like Dean Phillips and Marianne Williamson and Chink Uger are trying to get together to have a, an even lower res version of that waste of time. <laughs> For, they're like, we're not going to be able to debate. You don't have a shot. And we already have somebody in office. Thank you. See you next time. Yet yeah, tell you what, when, when, when our, when our guy terms out, then, then feel free to run again. Uh, we'll, we'll, it'll be adorable. You'll make it all the way to the main stage or at least a kid's table version of it. But right now, A, um, thank you very much. Uh, the maitre d' will show you the way out the door. And secondly, uh, since you can't run without being awful to everybody else in the party, first of all, why are you running to be a part of a party if you have that idea yeah. about the party in general? You know, if they're the Soviet Union, if they're, if, you know, the DNC is a gulag of, of murderous warmongering monsters like, well, then I don't know, run as an independent, you know, see if you can drag some QAnon votes away from Trump the way RFK Jr. is. But <clears throat> back to the our, um, the, the stock folks, um, it's pretty hilarious that this is an article in Bloomberg. And I wish I could show it online because it's just very strange. It says stock faithful ride seven trillion dollar rally. As market timing backfires, all these it was oh, a nice. ton of yeah, yeah, seven trillion dollar rally in the stock market as market timing backfires. Buy and hold beats all technical tools tracked by Bloomberg. People who just sat it out and didn't buy into this, you know, this idea that Biden's going to crash the economy. And that's the end of it. And what are you going to, you know, this is everything's going to hell and all the listening to listening to Trump as your stock advisor never works. Not ever, you know, uh, as anybody who has, I guess, stock in Trump stakes or uh, the Taj Mahal or any of his other projects would know. Market timers tempted to call top as index hovers near forty six hundred. That factor, the buy and hold beats all the technical tools. So all the people who are, you know, messing around with their stocks, trying to leverage the index, trying to outpace normalcy, none of it worked. So it said it it uh, it for all the bad things supposedly raining down on Wall Street, it's shaping up to be a big year for stock bulls who simply sat tight and refused the temptation to outsmart the market. In fact, buying and holding equities has trounced 
22 technical strategies used by traders to navigate their ups and downs. The sit still plan has paid off handsomely after the S&P 500 touched its 2023 low on January 5th, only to climb steadily to its highest point ever on Friday. In a market riven with Federal Reserve uncertainty, economic anxiety, and a host of geopolitical ructions, stocks have reacted with uncanny calm. Going by the distance between the extremes in the S&P 500 this year has a shot of seeing the smallest move since 2017. Um, so much for the entire economy going to hell. Now, the, we, we all know the stock market is not the economy, but we also know that a bigger portion, and I'm going to keep hammering this until someone recognizes it, a bigger portion of people, um, regular average human beings through E-Trade and Robinhood and all these apps where you can buy and sell both stocks and Bitcoin over the years that became popular, especially around COVID when people had nothing to do and a little extra money to do it with. They started investing and a lot of them, they went after meme stocks and messed around. That's what the kids did. But the adults sat on some rock solid stocks and just left them there. The other thing is, is that retail investors are starting to get wise to when things start to go down, the big investors scoop in and they buy stuff up at a premium. And so before it hits bottom, all the retail investors jump in there and grab it before the giant investors can. Now, there was a time when the Saudis had incredible power over the American economic system, not simply because of oil and their control of, over OPEC, but because they had a trillion dollars in our stock market. That was a news story in 2000, 1999, 2000. The big story was the almost the single biggest solo investor was the Saudi royal family or their, you know, their, their sovereign wealth fund in the U.S. stock market. And the thing was that at, at certain points, if they threatened to pull that, even half of that out, it would crash the market. But the size of the market was at that time, a trillion dollars, uh, you know, them pulling out, you know, $500 billion from the stock market would have cratered the stock market, causing a recession in the United States. They had that much control over us. Now, retail investors in the United States have somewhere in the order of $3 trillion worth of direct investment. You know, people who live in apartments, people who live with their parents, college kids have, you know, altogether around three trillion dollars in the stock market right now. And that is one of the singular reasons why if you go look at how wealth has grown for the bottom 90% and even the bottom 30%, um, that's where it has come from, that their actual net worth has actually grown from that point. And I can, I'm probably, I'm sure I could say actually a couple more times. Um, but the big industrial investors can't handle it. They don't know how to react and they don't believe in many ways, like COVID, in COVID's impact, they seem to be writing that off. They're also writing off the impact of retail investors. And most of what people know about is the meme stocks. GameStop and, a and AMC, the movie theater company, both of them were, quote unquote, meme stocks in 2021, where, where big investors went, there's nobody going back to the movies anymore. And GameStop is dead because people buy their games online. Nobody's buying a physical copy of a game yeah. and GameStop's going to go away. And so they all, these, these big investors... Uh, decided to do put options on uh, or do puts on these two stocks to basically kill them intentionally. It was, it was a financial assassination of both of these and in road, all these E-Trade and Robin Hood kids, 
because they like GameStop and they don't want GameStop to go. And they and, and so what they did was they invested in it like old school investors. It was the yeah. closest thing to everybody showing up to save Jimmy Stewart in the end of It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's so much closer to that actual reaction because they they were open about it. They were like, I don't care if it makes money. I just don't want you to kill it. I like going to GameStop. I like that it's there. I like the tech, you know, seeing the system. I like having a, a store just for gamers. Even if it's just action figures and posters at some point, that'll be enough for me. I don't care. The stock is so cheap. I'll just sit on it for a while. And they did. And it murdered a bunch of people in the stock market. They These guys who yeah. put these, uh, you know, did these puts were lost their shirt. They lost billions of dollars because they were leveraging this stuff. Yeah, it was amazing. AMC was the same thing. They were going to, nobody's going to movie theaters. It's the biggest movie theater chain. It's going to be hurt the most. And so we're going to kill it. Now, AMC has made a comeback, but it would have never made that comeback without retail investors, without the average person voting with their dollar via this ability. And it is, it is a bigger factor in the stock market now than the Saudis could ever hope to have. And I want you to recognize wow. that. That in the last three years, the the Saudi royal family lost a lever that they would use to control elements of our government. Put the you know the fear of crash in our government is it's gone. It's that that lever has vanished. Could they trigger a buy sell option really quickly if they took all their money out in one day? There would be this big red lights would go off everywhere that, oh, my God, there's a cell going on. And then in about three hours, everybody would recognize what the cell was. It's the Saudis pulling their money out and everybody would jump in to get the stuff they were selling. Yeah, because they know it's going to go up. That's it. Everybody would buy it at, while it was down. There would be a huge rush and the and the stocks themselves would probably be up within 48 hours because the available impact, the available power of uh, the democratization in many ways of the stock market um, is, a, is a huge factor. And, and right now, if you read Bloomberg, Bloomberg and all these guys, they, it, when you hear all this stuff about market timing and why market timing isn't working and how market timing is off and how these big sellers and big traders can't figure out market timing, it's because there is none. You can't tie masses of people who are onto the game of the rotating day trade style of investment that you do, which isn't about investing. It's about shaving profit off the top of stocks. Everybody else is cool. Like if you like a con, I like Apple. I have Apple stock. I've, you know, I bought some a little while ago and I just sit on it because whatever, maybe one day I'll sell it or I'll pass it to my kid or something like that, but I'm in no hurry. And I'm certainly not like, oh, if I buy it right now and then I'll sell it this afternoon and then I'll buy it again, I'll make a nickel every time it exchanges. Which brings me to how the United States could handle a good portion of its debt. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to present to you once again my single solution for uh, how to deal with our, um, our the, the volatility of the stock market and the tax base. And that would be a five cent tax, solid tax on every buying and selling of every stock certificate over $10. Every stock that's over 10 bucks, five cents, two or f back and forth. That's it. On the one hand, it would stop people from buying it on the five cent margin all the time, causing all this like ridiculous mechanical computerized volatility. And on the other hand, uh, there are so many exchanges like that every single day 
uh, it would add up to money that was sort of equivalent to the, the kind of money that Richard Pryor's talking about in Superman four, you know, where he was talking about shaving that. off half, half a penny off of everything. Yeah. And they end up someplace. And if you just got all of them, it's billions of dollars. Right. That is, you could have that kind of an impact. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Um, it's the Housemark Radio program, mega worldwide. You know what would really mess with the stock people? If you gave your kid uh, stock in something for the holidays, <laughs> just to sit on. We'll be back. Welcome back to the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Well, I got to say, the big other story of the week was uh, Donald Trump, a day one dictator. The minute he gets in there, he's going to fill the place with Everyone sickness. seems pretty excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, uh, there's a couple, I have a couple of issues with it. Mm. One is it isn't going to happen. Mm. Secondly, um, the, all the people he considers his sycophants, um, all secretly think they're smarter than he is and know that they work for a dunce and that he, he thinks his followers are suckers. So to be, I guess, like him, and as important as him, they have to think those people are suckers as well. That, that um, is quite the synergistic relationship there. Oh, it's a it's a fusion. I, I need yeah. I only remind people that um, Donald Trump pardoned Steve Bannon for ripping off maggots. <laughs> Just to clarify, if we <laughs> like Steve Bannon created a fake build the wall scam and was siphoning money out of the pockets of MAGA hopefuls. Mm. That that's what a Donald Trump dictatorship looks like. Let me let me tell you something. Uh, the term dictator is very scary and when rightly so, because the, the leaders who act in that way in the world have been um, horrible and murderous and terrible over the centuries. But they've also been on multiple fronts, either true believers around some sort of jihadist level cause. So they're dictators because they believe in some sort of deep religious idea, or they are um, violent extremists that believe that, you know, their people are singularly of their country are the racially superior group. And, and eventually, you know, the Japanese and the Germans would have eventually gotten at each other's throats. But until that point, they had, they were busy getting rid of everybody else was the idea. And then, and then I guess there's the, the hedonistic Mao Zedong Pol Pot type where they, the, the image of them is the, of a man of the people, you know, creating equality for all while having concubines and syphilis and being utterly disgusting and then dying in a, in lavish comfort after starving 30, 40 million other people to death. Um, there's that crowd. And then there's Donald Trump, a man who has failed at everything, even mm-hmm. being president. He even, he managed to squeeze through and become president and then, became a one-termer because he was that bad at all the stuff that mattered. If you'll recall, Donald Trump ran on hashtag the best people. He's yeah. And drain the swamp. Yeah. Right. And now he is talking about bringing in the same people. Mm-hmm. Like it, 
the same type of people, just a different batch. But like he brought in Gorka, then he's going to bring him in again. Mike Flynn, he wants to bring him in again. Like these and all of these folks, let me tell you, to to a man. And I do mean to a man, because that's one of the things that'll be the He-Man Woman Haters Club. uh, Also, like you want to talk about the least number of women serving in a cabinet. Um, and which I'm for for their own safety if it ever happened again, which it won't. But um, it will it will work out worse than it did it did last time. Even if he was capable of doing it, I'm I'm here to tell you, I like he will. They will turn on him. They will have been Democrats yeah. the whole time. They'll they'll sell him out. They'll you know each one of them will start you know dividing up military funding amongst themselves and siphoning off and ending up you know like. Just basically taking a, a a page out of Putin's oligarch playbook, that's what's going to happen. It is what's going to happen. If it well, it's not going to happen. But if it did, that's exactly what happened. Which is why I don't fear it ultimately because it would collapse under the weight of its own uh, idiocy. Now, um, the you know while Donald Trump uh, and uh, his ilk are saying the world is collapsing, whatever the yeah. Mike Johnson, who was their savior in the house mm-hmm. now has by our count, I think a one vote majority as by the end of the year, Republicans will have a one vote majority in the house. They will have lost three Congress people <laughs> cutting their four vote majority to one vote. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing the more extreme aspects of their agenda are not going to get through over the course of the next year, if any at all. And I think Mike Johnson is recognizing that, that if he actually wants to be, have his name on a bill that ever passed, he's going to have to either get a bunch of democratic, democratic votes or create some sort of farcical bill that everybody agrees on, which will never happen when you have a Marjorie Taylor Greene in your, uh, in your caucus. So, they have already worked out this continuing resolution, this ongoing uh, thing. I'm sorry, keeping you awake, Johnny Million. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's tough. I told standard. you I can be caffeinated you and yawn at the same time. I know it's true. I understand. Um, and Mike Johnson, I have to say, is it, it makes his his existence makes people yawn. I have to say <laughs> that is one of his that is his superpower. Yeah. I think you know, yawn man. You'd have just a big Y on his chest, which for a lot of reasons. Why did I end up in this role? Why yeah. is it any different? Because it ain't. But the, in 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 all seriousness, they are going to have to pass a you know a continuing resolution you know on a couple of these things in January and February, and they're going to with Democratic votes, and it's and the bill's going to be more favorable to what Democrats want than Republicans want. That's how it's going to work. I'm not like. It's not even a question because they don't have enough of a majority and they have too many lunatics. Here's the thing. If we were in, in Tip O'Neill level politics back in the day, if we were, if this was, you know, if they had a one vote majority, you know, in the early 90s, even the mid 90s, mm-hmm. I got to say it would be their bill that came to the floor. It would be their bill that would be voted. There would be some negotiations, certainly, but it would not favor Democrats in any way. Now it's going to have to because the Democrats have no reason to save you from yourself. No, there's, there isn't any reason. The CR will continue. 
the only this is now about because the next I think the next budgetary full budgetary vote doesn't happen until this time next year. So these things are about these appropriations bills. If they want to pass these actual like singular bills, the the two stage bills that they have, which they got screwed on as well. You know, Democrats can kind of just not go along with it unless mm-hmm. they get something that's of value. So and again, this is, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene said this week, she's like, I hope nobody dies in her meaning on her side. Obviously, she she would hope she's probably hoping somebody <laughs> dies on our side. Yeah. But because that's it, then it's even then. I don't, I don't know. Does if if. If Kamala Harris comes and votes for the Senate, does Schumer come down and vote for the House or does she come break the tie? Does she break the tie and vote? She's already got the record for the most tie breaks in uh, in Senate history right now. Kamala Harris has the most tie breaks in Senate history. Oh, that's um, crazy. I didn't if know she that. Could, yeah. If she could add one to the House, that'd be sweet. But regardless, the 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 point I'm trying to make is that this this idea of Trump or Mike Johnson or the Republicans bulldozing Democrats for the rest of the year into the next election and is nonsense. And if you're worried about it, um, I would simply say don't. Um, Hmm. The the bigger concerns that we have are, you know, lone wolf lunatics who will act on Trump's calls to violence or Marjorie Taylor Greene's calls to violence or Vivek Ramaswamy's calls to violence. But short of that, um, the the American people and the American economy and our system is is a juggernaut right now, especially compared to the rest of the world. Which brings me to uh, Philip Bittner is going to be joining us uh, in after the break. He's in Ukraine, and uh, we will be talking about uh, what's what's happening over there, which is a lot. Um, and I believe he's. Going to be, I'll, you know, I'll make sure we get him in here. Uh, otherwise, uh, Johnny Million and I will, uh, we'll talk, talk about, about this. 80s I'll drag hard rock. Yeah, right. No, I will drag you into, uh, we'll talk about the Kiss End of the Road show and Gene Simmons crying uh, on the final show, which we looked really yeah, sweet. I heard about that. Yeah. How do you not? How do you not? Yeah, that's a huge deal. It is. I mean, it's your whole life. And, yeah. and granted, there's going to be other cool stuff, and the avatars are amazing. Uh, we'll talk about that during the break, no doubt. We're not going to bother bother people on the radio with that. Are you a maniac? Um, I would also like to say that um, Ron DeSantis is still in second place, even though being the biggest lump in that entire debate. Man, oh, man. That's glorious. That's just so good. It's so good that he's so bad. We'll be back right after this. It's Al Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide, on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk, now with 100% more Johnny Million. He's got a live stream, you know, a few times a week. Uh, yeah, YouTube and uh, Twitch. It's mm-hmm. Johnny Million. We'll be back. Trowling out. Damn, us faithful, them sick. True progressive. 
Well, there's so much to cover. Uh, our dear friend Philip Bittner is joining us. He's got a vlog on YouTube you need to check out. So uh, look him up, 1L and Philip, 2Ts and Itner. And uh, he's about to hit the road. We're lucky to have him while he's in Ukraine right now. Um, and Johnny Million, of course, is still with you, with us. I'm Hal Sparks. Like, subscribe, uh, patreon.com slash Hal Sparks keeps the show alive. Um, and thanks to our patrons for making us uh, able to show up here every week. Now, um, there's a lot to talk about, not the least of which is uh, um, the Ukrainians just got a new infusion of, of weapons from Europe uh, to backfill in case the uh, the Republicans dragging their feet have an impact, which they don't seem to be. The, Repu- the Russians are complaining, apparently, about the artillery shells they're getting from the DPRK. Um, uh, the, 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 apparently, the North Korean missiles are crap. And um, <laughs> <laughs> right. And then there was a a. a I guess another enormous explosion in the Crimea area. Um, And in Moscow. Yep. And in Moscow and uh, in Kiev, more Soviet um, monuments have been removed Mm -hmm. just in time for Christmas. I I think who'd who'd have thought quality, who'd have thought quality control with shells from the DPRK would be an issue. I mean, yeah, I know how meticulous they can be. Well, it's it's really hard, uh, you know. Some <laughs> missiles, some missiles don't fire very well when someone is stuffed to help me note down in between <laughs> the shell and the casing. And they're taking down, they're taking down uh, like uh, Soviet uh, war, uh, you know, hero generals, uh, yeah. which will no doubt upset the uh, the Russians. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not thrilled, yeah, the obviously, right. uh, as you can be, as you can well imagine, they're not thrilled with American domestic politics, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. getting in the way of them getting uh, the the weapons that they need to defend themselves. Uh, they understand it, right? Uh, but they're not thrilled by it. Although I am, you know, I have contacts, uh, and mm-hmm. I have contacts with people who are currently on the hill right now. They're in Washington, uh, Ukrainian right. delegations, and and this is not. I'm not telling mm-hmm. any secrets out of school. They publicly mm-hmm. say this on their social, uh, you know, media and post pictures and stuff like that. They're going around to uh, offices um, in Congress and universally, almost, almost universally, except for the usual suspects. Um, they're getting they're getting the return that. Look, we have some domestic stuff we have to take care of, but nobody is is faltering in their um, support for Ukraine again, except for mm-hmm. the usual suspects who shall go unnamed. Right. We all know who they are, mm-hmm. um, uh, and you know, suspiciously have very close ties with. NRA, uh, you know, yeah, the GRU, yeah. and they they regurgitate you know talking points that come directly out of the Kremlin. The Kremlin so we yeah. know who those people are. Word for word. Um, but, but, the, but, but the heartening thing is we do know that there are Ukrainian delegations who are right now, uh, you know, uh, meeting with um, senators and members of the House uh, who are saying, you know, w- there will be aid for Ukraine. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, let's hope that's right. Well, well, the end, okay. So, so yesterday I played on my live stream, a clip of uh, Marjorie Taylor green complaining when, and that's how, you know, the sun is shining mm-hmm. and rainbows are coming out is if mm-hmm. Marjorie Taylor green is mad, uh, then, then things then are going well. Going well. And, yeah. and, and part of it was, is because the uh, national defense uh, authorization act, which is a must pass military bill contains within it, um, funding for Ukraine, not as much as yeah. we would like, obviously, but a huge chunk and certainly enough to mm-hmm. hold over until the Israel um, Ukraine aid bill that is going to get passed will get passed because that is coming. It was just, yeah. you know, the the Republicans tried to tie border funding to it and they couldn't beat the 60 vote threshold um, for the filibuster right. that their own person had set up. Whatever. Um, but anyway, so they they've got uh, that that money is coming from the NDAA. There's still money that hasn't been spent yet from the other stuff, because, again, they're staying ahead of this part of it, which is great. Um, and, and so, well, and, and, and the other side of it on the flip side, uh, on the flip side of the other you know, end of the equation, which is what is happening here in Ukraine. I had lunch uh, with a. uh how shall mm-hmm. I say? Uh, I, I had lunch with a member of the Ukrainian military. Um, that's as ambiguous, not to be like, it's not a big secret. It just, I, I don't feel comfortable saying who this guy was uh, mm-hmm. because it, it, I, he didn't say I could. So, um, uh, and it's just a, you know, a guy who's in the know. Uh, and uh, he said to me, uh, there, the, there may be some losses coming in Avdivka. They're, they are concerned about losing some territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those who don't know, Avdivka is a town in the northeast sector of the offensive line uh, on the uh, other side of the river, kind of near a major city called Kharkiv. It is uh, part of the Donbass, and the Russians have decided, much like they did with Bakhmut, that they were going to fix – they're going to fixate on this place because it's a, a, a travel and a rail hub. Um, but – in that sector, and I still am very confused by this. In that sector, mm-hmm. uh, every town is a is a rail and transport hub. So, but the Russians seem to be fixated on the on right. that. And the guy that I had lunch with said, "We may see some losses there. Uh, we've seen some we've seen some gains there actually, but we don't think that it the the, the territory we've taken is something we can hold on to. But we're going to make them pay for every inch. But yeah, what's that, more important yeah. is." what he told me uh, about what's happening down uh, in uh, on the other side of the river uh, near Kherson on the left mm-hmm. bank of Kherson, the, 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 and this is what excites me the most and, and gets me, you know, gives me relief and, 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 and confidence that the war is going the right way for the Ukrainians is right. the, the foothold is, is holding that, that they are on the other side of the river. So that massive, um, uh, territorial uh, uh, obstacle that they had to overcome. They have more or less overcome it, and they're they're not losing territory. They're slowly gaining territory, and they're consolidating their holds on the left side of the of the river. So mm-hmm. it looks like, I mean, again, the, it looks very much like the Ukrainians uh, have it well within their capability to sever the land bridge between mainland Russia and the Crimean Peninsula, which yeah. is what so yeah. much of this war is about. And if they can do it, it will put, it will, it will really freak the Russians out and it will, yeah. it might potentially be the beginning of the downfall of Vladimir Putin. Yeah. There so two, two things. One is that the Avdivka situation 
it reminds me a lot of the conversation about Bakhmut, the back and forth about it. We may lose yes. Bakhmut. They're trying to encircle yeah. it, all this kind of stuff, which sounds like a bait and waste strategy by the Ukrainians. I, they're, they're never going to say it out loud. You never can. But the idea is like you try to draw them into a particular area by acting like you're fighting something big. You maybe even leak something that there's an important aspect of this area on your radio stuff that drives them towards doing this that, the you know, the rest of the world doesn't care about or doesn't factor in. And so you draw them and you go, this is, you know, the important, the, the one ring to rule them all is kept in a box in this castle. And you draw everybody to that castle, even though you know it's worthless. And then you you're moving other stuff that looks like what they did with Bakhmut with the original push that got them back the top of Kherson. It looks exactly like they're doing the exact same thing with Avdivka and the South. Um, uh, these are successful strategies and it seems the Russians fall for it every single time. The other thing is why I it's, it's, it's bizarre. I think it's just ego at this point, but um, the, you know, the reports are from the front that I've seen is that the Ukrainians have a lot of tanks in the Avdivka region. And the Russians are on foot that largely you're seeing hu- they're sending waves and waves of human beings across these fields into a meat grinder for some uh, like like they have a world. Maybe the Z on the tanks in the beginning was like a <laughs> World War Z reference and that we're just going to flood, you know, like all the zombies would just crawl all over each other to get to you. And you just eventually you couldn't get over how many men n- n- were coming at you. I'm I'm beginning to think that's what the Z meant. <laughs> that we're going to overwhelm them with human beings. They don't have as many human and beings as we, we got do. The, we got the Abrams tanks coming online. Right. Uh, well, they're out there fighting. We just haven't seen any footage. We've seen right. stills of the Abrams. We haven't seen yeah. them fighting yet. Um, they're getting the F-16s. It, um, those are going to be coming online probably, my bet would be, mid to late January. Right. Maybe early February, but probably right. more likely mid-January. At least that's what I'm hoping. But we've also – I have personally been hearing from uh, soldiers and from people who are you know, connected with soldiers in terms of like logistics and aid and stuff. They love the Bradley. They love yeah, the sure. Bradley, right, right, which right. is no, which is no surprise. I've right. been in the back of a Bradley in, I've been in combat in a Bradley, mm-hmm. uh, in Iraq. I was in Fallujah. Uh, sorry. I was in Sutter city, uh, in the back of a Bradley and it saved my life. Um, they're incredible. They're, they're, they're way better than anything that the Russians and and frankly they're probably one of the best in NATO. Um, they're 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 tanks that can carry troops, mm-hmm. a, as opposed to infantry fighting vehicles. Uh, you know that that have a, a, a capacity closer to a tank. I mean they're really and they're mm-hmm. and they're tearing them up. Yeah, they're tearing them up, and it's. They, the Russians just can't seem to change their tactics. I don't right. know what it is about well, the Russians. That's Russian what I mean. I, I, it, like, it looks like the exact same bait that happened with Bakhmut and Kherson. And they're just doing it again and because it worked last time. And it shouldn't work again, but it is. And Abdivka mm-hmm. has no functional worth in that area. Now, now the last not, quick, quick, quickly, yeah. the last thing that came from my lunch with this guy uh, who I wanted to meet before I was leaving yeah. um, uh, uh, was uh, uh, something that he's deeply concerned about. And that it's it's not on the battlefield. It's in the information sphere. Sure. Um, the, the, the Ukrainians are becoming increasingly disturbed. By the fact that um, the Russian, uh, I'm sorry, the Western press has all but forgotten this place. 
right. um, that there are massive uh, distractions going on and, and not a lot of people are paying attention, that there mm-hmm. are narratives being put out, in particular uh, the narratives uh, about uh, inter interfighting within uh, Ukraine, uh, notably right. between the military and the civilian government. Um, yep. and, and the guy who I had, you know, spent my time with and take, take, take into consideration. He's a, he's a uh, Ukrainian intelligence guy. Uh, right. He was saying that's not, that's not true and that the relations remain solid. Um, but that they, they are concerned about an information war. Yeah, the, I mean, the vocal aspect of it. The, the other thing I think the Russians also have is that, you know, people aren't not paying attention to just the Ukraine side of things. They've, they, they've dropped interest in the entire conflict. And since Russia, yes. most of what it drives on is this, we're fighting Nazis and this is our own survival. Their narrative is dying, you know, I think as well. And right now it seems like, um, you know, in the way that even the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world are talking about it, that there's just kind of this like numb, you know, knee jerk use of the word Ukraine. And they're not even sure why they're mad that we're supporting it anymore other than we should secure our own border, which sounds like they're just, you know, wanting to live in a gated community. So um, I do want to bring up, uh, but we got to take a break. So I, I want to bring up the story of Arena Yatsyuk. Uh, the 15-year-old girl that her body was returned from mm. Belarus uh, who was lost in the beginning of the war. Just to, again, because you're so good at putting a like a personal um, take on it about how the people are reacting there. I think this is one of those stories that reminds everybody what this is all about. We'll be back right after this. It's the Houseworks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. I, I have to say one of the ongoing stories that uh, I, I wish people would pay more attention to and were more aware of, and you've been really good at reminding everybody, is the story of the children that are abducted from, you know, the from Ukraine by the Russians being taught to hate their or their own kind, to be basically trying, essentially becoming like demographic fodder for a fading country. You know, we're going to, we'll breed using these kids once they're grown up and we'll teach them to, you know, to hate where they came from. So they'll never go back. Mm. And um, that in and of itself is just a rough story. And and the fact that people can just kind of like walk away from that story on the regular or pretend it's not happening or didn't happen, or it's not an ongoing thing. Tens of thousands of kids from mm-hmm. Ukraine. No, mm-hmm. uh, there's no question. One of the stories though, was uh, in the, in the initial attack um, it, where the Russians were going to push into Kiev and all this kind of stuff, when they were still using the Donald Trump battle plan, when they thought that that um, they they would succeed, um, uh, this this family was killed, and uh, their daughter, this uh, the, including their their nine year old daughter, I believe, the parents were killed, and then the the fifteen year old daughter was wounded, and allegedly they took her to Belarus for medical treatment. They evac'd her out of there to Belarus, where she died. And they have kept her body since then. And they only just returned it 
Um, and uh, obviously it's been so long and she was not preserved in any way that they had to, they had to identify her with DNA. 15 year old girl outside of Kiev killed by Russians direct engagement, by the way, these were, these people were shot. These people were fired upon. This is not a girl who was killed in a bombing. This is, These are soldiers coming into the area, shooting her parents down and her nine year old sister and and her. And then, I guess, taking her away from there. And Mm -hmm. and again, assuming assuming the best was that she was shot and died of her wounds and that she wasn't abducted as a 15 year old girl and taken someplace off and assaulted. And and right. Just uh, like heartbreaking terribleness. Yeah. And no, the, the the tragedy of what's happening to the children of Ukraine right. um, is is one of the most disturbing aspects of this conflict. Yeah. Um, and and the fact that the Russians try and push forward a narrative that they're being humanitarian when they're taking these children away because, oh, goodness, these children are in a war zone. And so for their own safety, we're going to take them away from their families or if they've been orphaned because of the fighting, right. which is entirely Russia's fault, right. um, that those orphaned by the fighting will be so sympathetic to them and will take them back to Siberia or will take them to the Far East uh, and we will relocate them with good Russian families and we'll mm-hmm. put them in schools and we'll teach them not to speak Ukrainian anymore and to and – to, right indoctrinate them into the idea that, uh, you know, well, you've been lied to, your families are all Russians, they don't care about you anymore, so you might as well become a Russian, you know, sing the Russian anthem, forget about the Ukrainian language, the Ukrainian anthem. It's deeply cynical. Um, You know, this this is the body return from from Odessa. That's terrible. I mean, there's there's this story now about Qatar in in trying to make good with Putin, releasing six Ukrainian children, which is a, a drop in the bucket, um, right. but again plays into this this Russian narrative. Now, you know, again, this is part of the information war that that we need to be aware of. We need yeah. to really be aware of the fact that um, the Russians have clearly decided to ratchet up their information warfare. I mean, mm-hmm. it's obvious to, to to those of us who uh, pay attention to Russian misinformation. So just Whatever information you get out of Russia uh, or about Russia or about this conflict or about Ukraine or about, you know, uh, West East relations between, you know, the the European Union and America over Ukraine, all these narratives, they're all going to come under attack. They're currently under attack um, because the Russians have decided they're going to get more bang from their buck. Uh, by information warfare than they are by actually uh, sending missiles. So they're going to try and divide people. They're going to mm-hmm. try and divide what the Western alliance. They're going to try and uh, divide Ukraine and the West and all, all this kind of thing. And the, this this children's narrative plays into it because, Hal, I've, I've been to mm-hmm. – there are these things called Euro, uh, Mariupol uh, Citizen Center. Uh, and there are about 19 of these things dotted around Ukraine. And they're for the diaspora that's been pushed away, uh, that, that were, that, that fled 
the fighting in some of the worst fighting in the war in this coastal town called Mariupol, um, which is strategically important uh, again for the land bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, It was one of the uh, uh, Russians primary targets when they came in. And and a lot of those people have fled and and dispersed around the country. And every time I go to a new Ukrainian city, I try and go to a Mariupol citizen center. And I have been to so many of them where they tell me the stories of Russian squads going through Mariupol and saying, where are the orphanages? Where are the children's, where are the children's schools? Point us in the direction of, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, children's dormitories. They purposely came into Mariupol and asked the citizens, where are your children? Mm. I mean, it's, it's, and I and I'm not talking like I met a, a group of six people in one of these Mariupol citizen centers that told me the story. I'm saying I run into a handful every time I go to a center who mm-hmm. tell me the same story. They right. sought out children. They purposely sought out children to take back to Russia to um, basically to conduct ethnic cleansing. Um, and all of this will come out eventually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when there are investigations and when the war is in our rearview mirror. But it's it's the stories I hear about what the Russians have done uh, right. when it comes to Ukrainian children are horrific. And there are they're not just horrific because they're blowing them up, and that's bad enough. Right. You know, the killing we see all these pictures, you know, out of Gaza and stuff of of, of children who have been killed, and that is a absolute 100% um you know horror it's terrible but right. there's a, the, in addition to the bodies of young children that have been dug out of ukrainian buildings rubble there's also this insidious thing that the russians have been doing where they have come into this country and said where are your kids we're going to take them away from you yeah and that's um, horrific Yep. We got to take a break. Um, when we come back, um, I have a couple of questions. Um, and so do our, so does our chat room. Um, you know, uh, there's a huge fire in, um, Makayevka, uh, looks like an oil depot that there, the Ukrainians shot down an uh, SU 24 M bomber. So the mm-hmm. air attacks from Russia have all but stopped. We'll be back right after this. You're locked into the House Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Um, so um, uh, there, there is a, a large fire in in uh, Makievka. I think I'm saying mm. that right. In occupied Makievka, which is in the Donetsk region, uh, it's an oil depot, which is where uh, Russia siphons off Ukraine's oil and gas and sells it. Mm-hmm. Um, which, interestingly enough. They're using Ukrainians that they have effectively enslaved to run the plant there. Mm-hmm. And uh, because their their oil fields, like they've sent their workers to fight. So, you know, never mind the fact that the ruble is crashing uh, and continues to just wither on the vine. Um, their real estate market just took a huge dump last week because they couldn't meet their bond issuances exactly like what China's going through with uh, um, Evergrande. And uh, and it's just like, it's so bad. 
it's like mm. people start talking about this kind of like tap dance around it. And as rough as things are on a material war level for the Ukrainians, it is that and economic calamity in Russia right now. Well, they have a weird they have a weird thing about um, uh, uh, the, uh, an individual's place uh, within the state. Uh, and in, in, in many, in many different ways, uh, you are just, you are a member of the state. It doesn't matter if you are a, um, so there's stories of like, um, the Soviet Union's, uh, uh, atomic weapons programs, Mm -hmm. uh, that they had a lot of guys who were actually really, really talented, but because for one reason or another, um, they fell victim to the state to to Stalin's police state that they were sent out to uh, break rocks in mm-hmm. Siberia. Now, if you have a guy who is a physicist uh, or you know or who is an atomic engineer, um, right. and, but because he ticks off your power structure, you send him to break rocks. That's not really the best use no. of your workforce, especially when you already have, have a the brain same mentality. Drain. Right. You well, they also- don't have the same mentality because you are you are a <clears throat> you are an inter- interchangeable cog within the machinery of the state. I don't right. care if you have a diploma. I don't care if you if you tick off the state or if you fall afoul a of the state. We will and and it seems that in many ways that's what they're doing right now. Is that I don't care if you're an air traffic controller um, at Domodedovo Airport in Moscow. Right. We're going to send you, and and maybe it is a matter of skill set, but it's like we don't care about your position within the domestic use of an air traffic controller. You're going to go down and try, and now we're going to, uh, you know, it, be, the best of conditions is you're going to go down there and try and actually do air control for fighter jets. But more likely than not. You're just another warm body. Here's an AK-47, and you're going Start running. I ha- guys, guys, I haven't. I have an education on air traffic control. I can help you. No, no. Here's an AK-47. They're the Ukrainians. Go find them. They, they're. Yeah. The mentality is so different um, in Russia when it comes to uh, you know human assets that yeah. it is like you are interchangeable, man. You are just a cog in the machine. Mm-hmm. Um, which is part of kind of what this war is about, but it's it's showing in their infrastructure. Their infrastructure is is fall- I would love to say that it was all like Ukrainian insurgents that have kind of snuck behind enemy lines and are blowing stuff up. And I'm sure some of that is happening. And I'm also right. sure that there are some Russians who are dissatisfied who are also you know throwing Molotov cocktails uh, into recruitment centers or draft centers. Um, but it's also, there's also, it's unavoidable. I think it's just that the system is starting to break down because the strain on civil society by transitioning everything to a war footing, which admittedly, maybe we kind of have to start thinking about in the West as well is changing our economy to a war footing. But that's, that's a discussion for another time. What I'm saying is that right. the, the strain on the Russian system is such that we are – that I think some of these explosions and these things that are falling apart uh, are because they are sending talented people who could better be used 
yep. in a far better way in civil society to the front lines to a right. front line with an AK-47 to go run against tanks. and they and they've also they're also suffering from a brain drain of anybody that does believe they have a future or wants a kind of future for themselves or the family has gotten Not out too. already in that big exodus yep. we saw of you know uh, you know somewhere in the order of like a million plus men fleeing the country um, you know, early on in the war and then at different points, once they started doing these, you know, expansions of the military, um, um, one of the other ones coming. Yeah. One of the, um, um, other kind of like subtle behind the scenes stories, which, whoops, hold on. Sorry. Hold on. There you go. Um, you, yeah, you, Ukraine is sending special forces teams to kill Wagner Mercs in Sudan, um, in Russia. They are they are having to because basically so those guys don't come back. Essentially, that's one of the things they sent a small team with other to work with UN uh, forces as well in in Sudan because Russia has been sending Wagner Mercs down there to stir up the bloodshed in Sudan. Just like by the way, I think you know Putin called Hamas and asked for a favor. I have no doubt. Yeah. Um, and and the bloodshed and the and the death in Sudan is, uh, again, outpaces everything except Ukraine. Like the only the only people that are only place on Earth that is, has more people dying in it right now than Sudan is Ukraine. Hmm. Um, the you know, the number of people dead in the since April um, absolutely dwarfs anything happening in Israel and Gaza right now. And yet. It's getting a, a shrug, um, but the it, because of that, because the world is you know busy, has moved on to the next shiny object. Um, they are missing the big shiny object, which is Wagner Mercs stealing gold from Sudan and shipping it out and sending it to Russia for them to use to shore up their currency. Which is, by the way, not working because uh, I don't know if people know this, but gold is a pretty rock with almost no other use. You can use it for some electronics, but it's not the greatest thing. And it doesn't that's not what people are mainly using it for anyways. And the people who have it don't want it used for that because it's hard to get back once you have. So it's uh, um, they are. They, I mean, this is this is confirmed. They're, they're Ukrainian special forces hunting Wagner Mercs in Sudan on behalf. I mean, just protecting Sudanese people at the same time. That's the amazing point, because these yeah. guys. The, the Russians come through there. The, the atrocities they have committed in Darfur and Sudan and Chad and the Congo are horrifying. And yet, the, you know, again, the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world. Sure. And he's been looking for him and they know he's got a couple. So let's uh, get those from the chat room for Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you cut out for a second there, Hal. Hang on. Mm-hmm. I've got a question. My first question is from Surrender Monkey. Can you ask Phil mm-hmm. about the Ukrainian that now holds the world's record sniper shot distance? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's like a 56-year-old guy, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, there's there you go. Gen X, baby. Um, they, they, yeah. Two miles. It, it, and yeah, like uh, two thousand six hundred meters, three thousand six hundred meters. I, I don't have it in, right in front of me. Yeah. Um, there was a, a great profile uh, of him, and I'm sure it was facilitated by the Ukrainian armed forces. Sure, where he had his sni- sniper rifle, and yeah. this thing was a beast. Yeah, absolute beast. I can imagine. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean. 
do not this is one of the this is one of uh Putin's biggest mistakes is just don't mess with the spirit of the Cossack. Yeah. I mean these people are deadly and they're warriors. They are yeah. just when they three, when you three when point you eight, rile them up. Three point eight kilometers, two point three miles. He's fifty-eight years old. His name is uh Vyacheslav <laughs> Kowalski. Um, I need I need my glasses to like read websites and this guy's shooting yeah. Russians yeah. at a you know twelve thousand four hundred and sixty-eight feet. A distance greater than two yeah. Brooklyn bridges in approximately nine seconds, ultimately resulting in the death of the enemy soldier. I was thinking that Russians would uh now know uh that is what Ukrainians are capable of. That's what that was yeah. his quote. Um, yeah. let them let and them no sit joke. at home and no be afraid. Joke. Right. Yeah, don't let them sleep. Let them know that anytime, anywhere. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm slightly flippant about that. Kind of like one, of, one of Putin's biggest mistakes was underestimating the Cossack. But it, it's, it's not a joke. These, these, the, these people fight. This guy they decide this guy to fight. Lay, Man, yeah, this, this guy laid in the snow for hours with his spotter. Old. Yeah, laying in the snow. My, uh, two miles away from these guys, looking, watching a camp of of Russian soldiers cutting wood. He could have killed any number of them or any one of them. Didn't do it. Said they were too, you know, low ranking, not worth it. And then an an officer showed up and started barking orders at them. And quite frankly, uh, according to his reports, uh, treating those soldiers very badly. Like he was being a typical drunk Russian angry boss. So he basically like you got to feel like some of these guys who were conscripted, who were chopping wood in this ice cold temperature were like, like just yeah, don't, don't what a, like you go for the reaction. Like, yeah. Oh, but I mean, Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. That yeah. guy who's been terrorizing me for the last six months is suddenly just dropped dead out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's not a good thing to be flipping about, you know, the, the death of another human being, but boy, Oh boy. That's, yeah. that's impressive. That's yeah. impressive. He said there's so many. Uh, 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 that, bu- Just go that, home. that bullet was traveling for one Mississippi, Nine two Mississippi, seconds. three Mississippi, four Mississippi, four five Mississippi, 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 six, Mississippi, seven, eight Mississippi, nine Mississippi. That's how long it. That's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Crazy, huh? Right. And and um. anyways, that. Yeah. So they now have the <clears throat> the categorical world record in that. Um the, um, there you go. You know, but I will. I, easy, I gotta, easy way to avoid these tragic deaths. Mm-hmm. Pack up your stuff and go home. <laughs> right. Um, the you know. Meanwhile, the Ukrainians probably their best fighters. They are sending down to Sudan and Mali and Darfur, uh, the Darfur region, and but also like <clears throat> um, the the Congo and uh, the CAR. CAR. Yeah, yeah, and and walking out with gold. Um, and that's, that's the main mission. That's that. If you want to talk about value for value, do you send your best soldier to protect your other soldiers so that they can make some progress on the battlefield? Or do you send them down to gather up as much gold and stuff as you can possibly get while sending a bunch of cannon fodder in to basically cover your exit? Cause mm-hmm. it, it's beyond these guys be, being thrown into a wood chipper, a wood chipper. It's more like they are a smoke screen for his, for Putin and his oligarchical friends, their escape essentially. Yep. Eventually, if Entirely that's even to happen. 
Yeah. Um, let's let's see. Um, we'll, let's take a break right now. And we'll come back with another question because I do have okay. um, a, a happy ending as well, and it does not involve uh, Chinese Foreign Minister Ching Gong being tortured to death. It does not. Um, man, we'll be back. Oof. I am happy, you are happy, let us be happy together, whether the weather is cloudy or sunny. I will always be a funny honey bunny. I am lucky, you are lucky, let us get lucky together, whether the weather is cloudy or breezy. I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy. Because isn't it nice to have the friends that you do? And isn't it nice that the sky is so blue? And isn't it nice to say I love you, chugga chugga choo choo, woo I am smiling, you are smiling, let us smile together, whether the weather is cloudy or stormy, I will still be there in the morning, I'll be right by your side in the morning, I'll make you breakfast in the morning, I hope that you like cereal. Yay! I gotta say, uh, besides the, the jobs numbers um, in the United States yesterday, and that wages were keeping up a pace and inflation was continuing to go down, um, which should be uh, uh, the um, there was also a major advancement in um, uh, I, I pointed this out yesterday, but the FDA has approved its first uh, CRISPR gene editing treatment for sickle yes. cell anemia. And the, and and for those that don't know, like gene editing and gene splicing as a treatment, it has been a very expensive endeavor for a very long time, almost impossibly so. A CRISPR setup you can make in your garage for $900. And so the idea is, is that you could, using this methodology, which is very inexpensive, you could create tailored gene therapies around specific diseases, even, you know, specific strains of specific cancers for specific people and that kind of like. And in this particular instance, they, they, they have found what effectively will be a relatively, compared to other things and certainly uh, better than passing away, treatment for sickle cell anemia. And the FDA has approved it. It was approved in the UK uh, early last year um, and or late last year. And it, it is now approved in the United States and will save uh, an, an immense number of lives. So. Oh, you cut out a little bit there, Hal. Nope. Back. Nope. Nope. Can't hear you. All right, well, I'm going to ask Phil a question. Sure. Yeah. Even though I can't hear Hal, I hope he can hear this amazing question. This is from Connie Kelly. Uh, will the Dnipro, Dnipro freeze this winter and be able to handle the weight of moving troops across it? No, uh, probably not. Um, uh, Dnipro will uh, freeze in sections. Um, you might be able to get infantry across. Uh, but you won't be able to get armor, which is what, what they really need. And they need artillery on the other side of the river. So um, it, 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 I'm not aware of it freezing to the extent that it could handle, um, you know, machinery crossing. Um, but, you know, in certain sections, it'll, it'll be helpful for getting special forces or, or infantry across. But uh, I wish I... I, I, that would be a great solution, but it it won't freeze like that. Uh, the, nope, Hal, you're still in the down. Chat, still they can mute. only hear Hal, and they cannot hear you and me. Oh, they can't. Oh, okay, it's the other yeah. way around. 
Yay. Yay. Read Phil's lips. Only hell. Only hell. <laughs> hell, can you hear us? Can you? Oh, Hal is reconnecting. Well, I think we're probably because we're going through him to Chicago would be my bad. Mm, probably. Hey, there he's back. I see him. Don't hear him. Still only Hal. I don't hear you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now there, he's it is. there he is. Yep. There we it. go. I don't know what it was. it was. That was the other part of my happy ending is that you guys get your own show for two yeah, days. Yeah, right. For six yeah, minutes. No. There you go. Um, I don't know if you managed to squeak out a happy ending in the middle of that. Um, no, no. But, uh, no, we Connie, tried to do Connie a question. Kelly had a question about whether or not the, the river was going to, uh, the Dnieper was going to freeze well enough for them to, like, cross in any major numbers. Um, infantry, maybe, special mm-hmm. forces, maybe, armor and mechanized units and artillery will not be able to cross. Uh, the Dnieper doesn't freeze to that extent. Uh, and they really need uh, they need armor and they need artillery uh, on the other side of the river more than they need infantry. So it'll be helpful to a certain extent, but not it won't do it 100%. And we've lost them again. Yeah, now I can't hear Hal again. Yep, there went the audio again. Yep. Yep, they can't hear us. No. Ah, fun with the travel kit. Bunch of nothing. What are you doing for the holiday? What are you doing for the holiday? There we go. I got you. No, I'm back. There we go. Okay. I, I fixed Anyhow. it. I did a, I did a little finagling. Did you, did you, uh, just quick, quick answer. Uh, Nipro is going to freeze, but it's not going to freeze enough for artillery and mechanized units, which okay. is what they really need. Only special forces and infantry. Gotcha. Uh, excellent. Um, and then Johnny Million, I don't know if you actually had a happy ending or if you even floated one of any sort. I but. didn't float one, but the convoy's playing tonight up in Janesville, Wisconsin. Oh, uh, that's uh, what's his name? Paul Ryan's district. It is. Yeah, it is. I played the hockey rink there. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this. That's right. Yes. It's great. Um, The you know, the the ongoing growth of of science and technology is is I'm finding, you know, the, the EU just passed rules on the AI and they're doing some regulation on it. And it will help to some degree. But what's really going to happen is it's going to affect foreign AI more than anything else. Because the the issue is not with AI and technology like that, what we do with it or what it's what some rogue does with it. And and the problem is, is that most rogues, if they would set something up that would do the kind of damage they want, it will do the same damage to them. So it kind of has a bit of a self-regulating aspect to it. Um, and, you know, so fingers crossed it stays that way for a good while. Hmm. But we'll see, you know, um, and ultimately uh, you know, I, I'm I'm very positive about where that goes. It is it will not be good for big countries with lots of people who would think they're going to attack small countries because those that's where drone warfare is what we're seeing really play out. There was a German company that just signed on, I believe, to do to build drones inside uh, Ukraine at their factory there yep. to continue building on these. Um, so there's a lot of potential for um, this technology to save uh, human lives if somebody with a lot of humans just decides they're going to overwhelm their neighbor. Um, the the new, you know, mutual assured destruction will be robotic and drone-based as opposed to nuclear. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing I'm waiting to see is the first swarm. And I don't doubt that it's going to come from Ukraine as a ta- at the tail end of this war, is that there will be drone swarms that will be overwhelming in volume, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, like these things you see doing light up the sky shows, but with either munitions attached or, you know, uh, effectively spy drones filming everything. Um, mm-hmm. And again, uh, get ready, U.S. citizens, for your presidents to increasingly send drones to do things instead of humans because they don't drones don't come home in flag draped coffins. Yep. No, that is that is the big one. So we got time for uh, one more question. I'm, and I might even yeah, be able to hear from uh, Melinda in Seattle. Please ask Phil about the blockade at the Polish border. There were a few questions oh, yeah. about that. Yeah. Is the uh, anything about it? Uh, we are waiting for the, um, so, uh, much of that protest, uh, uh, protest in quotation marks, um, was by, uh, uh, Polish truckers, uh, and in particular certain groups within the Polish trucker, mm-hmm. you know, industry and what have you, and supporters that are, uh, paid for and supporters of the Kremlin. Uh, this is well known. Uh, they're far right guys who get their money from the Kremlin. Now, right. there's going to be a major change in the Polish government in three days. On the 12th, the new government mm-hmm. takes over. It's not far right. Well, it's not far right currently in Poland, but mm-hmm. it's on, you know, it's conservative right. Um, and created within the far, uh, the conservative right within Poland there are a lot of guys that, that are paid for and supported by the Kremlin. They got voted, voted out and the new government takes over in three days time. But in the meantime, there were, you know, just tons and tons, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of of, um, Ukrainian trucks that had everything from medical supplies to food to warm clothing to, yeah, ammunition and things like that. And they were being held up by the border because these Polish guys said that the Ukrainian truckers were taking their their work and their jobs away. Um, And then what the Ukrainians did about two days ago, about 36 hours ago, 48 mm-hmm. hours ago, they said, okay, you're going to, you're going to stop our trucks at the border. Fine. They loaded all the trucks onto train, um, flatbeds mm-hmm. and, and, and just took them by train across to the, uh, across the right. Polish Ukrainian border, dropped off the, the trucks and the trucks went on their merry way. And these Polish guy, these, these mm-hmm. Polish protesters were furious absolutely sure. furious which lends credence to the idea that they weren't really worried about the the their goods jobs that were being transported or right. their job security but that they had been that they'd been propped up by these right-wing elements within poland who are oftentimes paid for and supported by the russians right. uh, or who genuinely are useful idiots or fellow travelers with the russians so mm-hmm. Um, the Ukrainians, being the resourceful people they are, found a workaround uh, at least for the next three days or so. And then the new Polish government will come in and I suspect um, we won't see this problem. Anymore. Right. Yeah, it'll it'll go away. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of I would argue that there's a bunch of like uh, unionization and other protest stuff that the timing is very 
curious throughout Europe yeah. and in the United States. And it's being triggered by just that, like de- destabilization activities. Like now's yeah. the time to go and cause. No, no, be aware trouble. of this. Uh, yeah. I mean, everybody who yeah. listens to us should be aware of the fact that we are going to be going through a serious period of information warfare where the Russians yep. are going to throw everything because they get a lot of benefit from mm-hmm. very little cost. And they're, they're going to be doing information warfare right. on, on a scale that, you know, they, they don't normally do for extended periods of time. Uh, and well, so all they if got. reading it, if, if that's all they got. So if you, if you start hearing stories that make you anxious about the way this war is going or that indicates mm-hmm. that they're or that so division or give you reason to give pause about, uh, you know, uh, keeping a unified front, uh, whether that's America and Europe or yep. Europe and, and, and Ukraine or America and Ukraine or what they're going to try to do is divide us. Their, yep. their tactic is to sow division and to make us doubt one another and our unity and our partnerships and our alliances. Yeah, yeah you can hear the You're language around it. to hear it. Yeah. Well, they even said that, you know, in, on, um, I think, the Ukraine Today site, they were citing a, a NATO uh, folks worried about Donald Trump doing – Donald Trump getting in doing just yep. exactly that. And he ain't going to. I got news for you. Uh, Ukraine's going to have all it needs, and Russia's going to continue to use this blather for the next six months. But it's not going to amount to a hill of beans any more than it did in the last year. No. Um, and a no, stay- the, the, the only exception is just, yeah. I don't like seeing it being eroded. So don't Agreed. believe everything you hear. Agreed. Don't believe the hype. Yeah, especially if it elicits a very strong emotional response. That's right. Thanks so much, Philip Bittner. Be safe travels, my friend. Johnny Million, uh, have a great show tonight, and uh, I will see you guys later. Yeah, and I will be on the road in moments. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.